is David Silver. When we first scheduled this podcast, it was about six weeks ago, we, uh, we thought we'd have some fun. It'd be some uh, banter about our year in review, what we witnessed and accomplished in 21, our uh, hopes and dreams for 22. Also, given that this uh, is being recorded between Christmas and New Year, we, we thought we'd do it in our, in our sweatpants, we'd be drinking hot cocoa and we'd be sitting by the fire. Well, Omicron had um, other ideas, certainly put pay to any frivolity. Uh, we all find ourselves less lighthearted. Uh, it is becoming more and more clear the amount of work left to be done to, to rid us of this. I think what's most disheartening for me is that our current reality was and is entirely preventable. But too many of our population have dug their ideological and uh, non-evidence-based heels in and won't adhere to a proven path to stay safe, uh, uh, to stay as safe as possible. And many or most healthcare systems are straining at the seams to provide care. Just this week, members of the National Guard can be seen in many of our facilities, partnering with us in an attempt to treat our patients with the majority of those admitted for COVID having chosen, excuse me, <clears throat> to go unvaccinated. They simply ignore personal and societal responsibility. So as such, I wanna start this podcast by thanking our healthcare colleagues, especially those in the front lines, or, although it seems that any employee who steps foot in the hospital these days is finding themselves confronting COVID-19 head on, I'm sorry we have to go through another wave, especially during the holidays. And I just want to say on behalf of myself, my family and ventures, how honored I am to work alongside you. I urge everyone, please, please, please get your vaccine, get your booster. Now, I'm sure my guests today will agree with these sentiments. Well, we are starting off with a serious note. I can still guarantee that we'll have a, a, a little bit of fun. We'll be a little bit more lighthearted because, well, we just can't help ourselves. And welcome Dr. Brian Rostein. Brian is, uh, as many of you know, our chief medical officer at UH Ventures. Brian's a pediatric neurosurgeon here at University Hospitals, Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital. He's no stranger to this podcast, nonetheless. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, David. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. And I, I can't agree more. Um, first and foremost, I am so uh, humbled and honored to have the opportunity to work with our entire team, both at Ventures, but the entire University Hospitals Health System team as we continue to battle this very, very challenging time uh, with the Omicron variant of COVID-19. And, and I agree with your sentiments 100%. We have a, we have a duty uh, to help people understand the value that they can bring to their community, to their neighbors, to their family, and most importantly, as a pediatric neurosurgeon, to their children. We know that Omicron is affecting children in ways that the other variants of COVID haven't. Um, the rates of hospitalized children are going up in big cities. Here in Cleveland, we've seen that, that happen as well. And so again, I echo those sentiments. Please, 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 if you haven't, consider getting vaccinated. If you're not boosted, please get boosted. Think about your children, think about your friends' children, uh, because now we're really in, in a place where all generations of families are being affected by this terrible disease and, and we have an opportunity to slow the spread. Here, here. 
Well, Brian, given that we're, uh, we're both with the Ventures platform, let's look uh, inward for a minute and talk about the, the status of innovation here at UH, and perhaps that's a, a proxy or barometer for, for the broader ecosystem here regionally and locally. We set up the functions of, of inside out, of outside in, of more specifically and formally innovation and product strategy and uh, investments and commercialization as the two primary driving pillars. Let me ask you, Brian, about some of the general highlights or the big pictures from 21 in these categories. And perhaps you can riff a little bit about thoughts on, on 22. You know, let's start with Inside Out. We, we had a very interesting year where we, um, on more than one occasion, uh, made a formal call for ideas. We had a, a number of uh, mechanisms by which we support homegrown innovations and technologies, and certainly not solely clinical and certainly not solely sourced only from our academic medical center. Platforms like our MedTech Flyers, which has a more distinct product focus. The deployment of the, the generosity of Michael uh, Foyer and uh, the Foyer gift for innovation. Um, our existing technology venture and startup fund in partnership with, uh, with the state. Brian, riff a little bit about how you act uh, as the, the clinical lens, if you will, between the ideas that we're looking to source and how we can perhaps find those gems in the rough that might be in a position to be, you know, buildable, commercializable. Certainly, uh, you know, first and foremost, again, thanks for having me back on the podcast and I'm, you know, happy to transition our, our, our comments to the work that we've done uh, in 21 and, and looking forward to 2022. Um, you know, we're, we're really fortunate as a healthcare system, university hospitals health system is, is really big. And that means that we have a lot of people who work with us uh, and those people are brilliant. And so I really have a, the best job in the world in all honesty. I get to spend time talking to people who are excited about solving problems in healthcare helping us identify strategic initiatives that would help our healthcare system and our community achieve a higher level of health and well-being, for lack of a better description. And really, it, it comes down to those conversations that happen that used to happen across the table or at a coffee shop, uh, at a dinner, now oftentimes over the telephone or at Zoom. But it, it starts with identifying those people who have raised their hands to say, hey, I have a great idea. Um, and showing them where the opportunities exist within the ventures platform to help them bring those ideas to life. But it also occurs through just anecdotal evidence of the, I remember hearing or reading about on the DWP, you know, so-and-so physician or nurse um, is doing this research. And that research aligns with an initiative that we have an opportunity to solve. And so having those conversations giving people the opportunity to share their vision with us, teaching them around the tools that we have from an educational perspective about how to take the back of a napkin idea and turn it into the potential of a commercializable product. You know, those are all really exciting things to participate in. And, and really, I honestly search every nook and cranny of our institution from our main academic medical center here at Cleveland Medical Center out to our community hospitals, our smallest community hospital, Conneaut Medical Center. It really doesn't matter where the idea comes from. All we're, all we're really excited about is those great ideas that will help us change the way that we deliver care. 
Yeah, and uh, you know the the wonderful news is the the beneficiary at the end of that pipeline, of course, is uh, is our patient population. Um, you know, if we we were to flip the script and and look at the outside in, we've also really um, got to the point where there is a comfortable acknowledgement that we know we can move the ball further downfield with strategic partnerships, with the the ties that we're creating with companies from the outside entities, companies, organizations, many of whom are not necessarily or specifically healthcare focused. Brian, maybe just to talk a little bit about uh, one or two of them, perhaps talk about what we're attempting to do in the AR, VR space, uh, or perhaps you could mention the, the successes we're having with, uh, with hospital and home. You know, talk about how we think about piloting our, our consulting model, you know, the, the UH as a living lab and, and research landing strip, if you will. Perhaps some thoughts about that? Certainly. You know, we've, we've been really fortunate to engage in some really exciting opportunities this year, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing where they all go next year. I'll start with the first one that you asked about, which is, you know, this concept of what we call UH realities. Not really the realities of the real world that we live in today, unfortunately, but the realities of the augmented worlds that we could live in and, and how we can use those technologies of augmented reality, virtual reality, extended reality to change the way that we engage with our patients, to change the way that we provide education to our providers, as well as potentially change the way that I could do surgery um, with, with these technologies. And so we've engaged with a couple different companies. Um, one is a, a brand new one that's just coming to the table um, by the name of Exploro. It's a company out of Great Britain um, that has created an augmented reality gamified education and patient engagement tool for children um, so that the children and their parents who are going through challenging times in the hospital and through medical care can better understand the things that are happening to them, how we treat diseases, how we get MRIs, what's an MRI machine, what is it like to go to the operating room, and they can experience all of these things with an avatar in augmented reality. And we are so excited to have that opportunity to bring that technology to Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospitals. And that's just one. Um, there's another local company that we've engaged with called MetaView. Um, and they've taken uh, ultrasound and they've put it inside the HoloLens so that our practitioners can now use the HoloLens and basically be looking at the patient and seeing an ultrasound projected on the patient, making procedures more simple. And we're really excited about the opportunity to engage in a clinical trial that's already spun up at another local hospital um, to help push this technology forward so that we can see how we can make patient care better. Those are just two quick examples on the extended reality side. Hospital at home, um, what an amazing opportunity for us to take care out of the hospital and put it in the home setting. Um, and I feel so fortunate to be at a, a hospital that's been able to implement that. Now, certainly it's not as large scale as we'd like it to be right now, but we've continued conversations around remote monitoring techniques, different tools and methodologies that we can use so that we can better care for patients in the home environment. And most importantly, especially right now, try to offload some of the burden that our hospitals are feeling in our community. Um, and last but not least, you know, just in terms of thinking about other exciting opportunities, we have engaged in three different consulting opportunities, all with companies that either are local or who have chosen to come to Northern Ohio to participate because of the landscape and the ecosystem that we've built here with our local partners. And uh, it's just so much fun for us to be able to meet with startups who have promising technologies, 
who need that clinical acumen and that clinical advice about how do I take this prototype and make it something that the market wants and needs. Um, it's opening doors towards piloting opportunities of, of technologies with regard to um, machine learning and artificial intelligence. It's opening opportunities for us to engage in clinical trials, actually device trials to try to bring devices through the FDA process. And you know, we've really gotten very, um, what's the right word for it, David? Um, very discreet in how we evaluate these opportunities yeah. because there's just so many of them. And so we're really fortunate and excited about what 22 is gonna bring for us. You know, talking 22, Brian, we, um, we, we formally launched product, product innovation, product development as a strategic focus for the ventures team. And we've begun to retool for that. We've added team members who come to us with, uh, with very specific core expertise. Um, people, when they think of uh, innovation from the perspective of healthcare, I think they naturally and uh, uh, intuitively think about medical devices, tools, and, and certainly in as much as there's been a more recent proliferation of digital modalities and uh, you know, the references that you've made to augmented reality and virtual rea reality, extended reality as such, we can't lose sight of the fact that for you, the surgeon and, and your peers to apply your trade, you still need to have tools in your hand. You still need to have devices that you use in order to, to bring about the, uh, the desired outcome. Talk to us a little bit about, for example, a, a local company, Lazurite, and their device, and how they are a metaphor for all of those threads that you've just mentioned in terms of uh, the regulatory pathway, in terms of clinical trials, in terms of, of prototyping, proof of concept work, and, and the consulting role that we can play, notwithstanding the, uh, the investability lens that we put overlay all of these opportunities on. Perhaps talk about Lazarite, please. Sure. So for those who aren't familiar with Lazarite, it's a local Cleveland organization that um, has developed and harnessed a really exciting new technology, um, leveraging light in ways that we haven't been able to do so in the hospital setting. And because of this technology, they've been able to build a wireless arthroscope. Um, and if you talk to most orthopedic surgeons, they'll tell you that's the holy grail of arthroscopic surgery, meaning no more wires, no more cords no more potential to burn patients because the wired light sources are so hot. This is a cool light source. And we were introduced to them uh, initially on the investment front, but as soon as you know, we walked in the door, the wheels just started spinning about the concept of, well, wow, there's so many places where I'd love to have light in my clinical practice and I don't use arthroscopes. I use endoscopes and mine are wired as well. Um, and so that concept of the living laboratory, David, and how we can engage with this company who has an unbelievable technology and one application, but potentially find ways to apply it to many other aspects of the way that we deliver care. Uh, and that's what's so exciting about Lazarite and, and the work that we're doing together. We've done some work with their initial um, prototypes, some human factors studies with our orthopedic surgeons. We're going to be doing some initial work and some product development work with them as it pertains to, well, this is iteration number one. What could iteration number two look like in orthopedic surgery? But also, could we, could we look at it in terms of what does it look like in terms of general surgery, neurosurgery, and other applications of, of video-lighted technologies? And you know, our hope is that we can help lead a clinical trial um, that will help them achieve their FDA approval and clearance for this one particular device in arthroscopy. 
So it's just it's just an, a really exciting company and exciting time to be working with them. Yeah, to- totally, totally agree. I think 22 is going to be a great year for them. You know, the, the very nature of our platform, uh, it, it's in the title, Ventures, uh, implies that we are uh, an investment vehicle. Uh, we had a banning year for investments. We, uh, we targeted four to five investments for this year. We actually ended up making seven deployments this year, uh, it, which included two follow-ons. And of course, follow-on investing is, uh, is very important to our uh, strategic path. Uh, it signals our continued uh, support and endorsements and, and encouragement for the growth, the scale, and the development of uh, technologies that we already have an affiliation with. Um, I thought what was uh, noteworthy with regard to how we invested this year, Brian, was that um, we crossed the gamut. We invested in pre-seed and seed stage companies. Uh, and as of uh, this week, we, uh, we actually closed the Series C investment. Uh, uh, in a very large and established and uh, post-revenue company. And, uh, you know, look forward to the manner in which we can continue to be more meaningful from the perspective of the, um, the sizing of our deployments. Uh, certainly, we're at a point where we are taking an adequate number of shots on goal. We now, you know, look, look forward to the ability to take more meaningful shots for those, uh, for, for, for certain uh, discretionary deployments. Any thoughts, Brian, before we move on to a lightning round, any thoughts on uh, our, uh, our investment activities for 21? Uh, I, you know, it's, been, it's just been a lot of fun to be involved and engaged from that perspective. I think one of the things that makes us so unique as a venture fund is our lens on the clinical aspect. And certainly, you know, I'm not the finance guy at the table, but being able to participate in the conversation and really think hard around how do our investments, again, go back to that ethos of, how are we affecting our community? How are we um, making sure that we're moving healthcare and well-being forward? It, it's just been tremendously exciting to be a part of the process. And I, I'm very much looking forward to what 22 will bring from an investment perspective as well. Here, here. All right, let's begin to close, Brian. We, we did this last year. We're going to do it again this year. It's a lightning round. Uh, I think it's fun to look at ourselves uh, as much as the organization. I'm going to ask you your Biggest lessons learned in 21, uh, and uh, we'll keep these snappy. I'll revert as well with my responses, but let me start with you. Biggest life lesson, and it could be work-life balance, family, communication, et cetera. Biggest life, life lesson 21? Biggest life lesson of 2021 is that we can achieve and we can succeed, even in the face of adversity, whether it be financial, health, wellness uh, is that if we continue to work together, both from a family perspective and a team perspective um, and a community perspective, we can change things in a positive way. Yeah, that's great. I think my biggest life lesson uh, this this last period was that connection's critical. Uh, We've had the opportunity, you and I, to remain in the field of play. Certainly you far, far more so than me, given your clinical focus. Uh, but so many are cut off and isolated. And my awareness and uh, sensitivity to the critical importance of connection has been uh, incredibly um, reinforced. All right, next one, Brian. Biggest society lesson. What did you learn from our community this year? This is a tough one, Dave. This is a, this is a, mixed, uh, a mixed response question. And it goes back to our, our first uh, topic that we discussed being COVID and Omicron. I learned that, and this 
relates to the first question too, um, or the first lightning round question. I learned that when a community comes together and a community supports each other and a community buys in, that we can achieve things, that we can actually uh, make progress. But I've also learned, unfortunately, that we still have a lot of work to do in our community. We have a lot of connections to your point to build. We have a lot of conversations that need to happen. Uh, and we have a lot that we can do as healthcare professionals to help people understand the value of participation um, and, and understand how they are so important just as one person to the betterment of our entire community. Yeah, great, great, great response, Brian. And, you know, from my perspective, biggest society lesson is, uh, is not too far from removed from what you've just shared. You know, for me, it's not surprisingly, we remain very bifurcated. The majority of our community and ecosystem partners willingly and unselfishly stepped up and stepped in to support and partner with each other. And that goodwill prevails to this day. But sadly, we're also witnessing a, uh, a widening of the political divide and the intransigence of these ideologies is, is hindering our collective healing. I am concerned. All right, let's lighten it again. Brian, biggest lesson on the Cleveland Browns? That's a tough one. Uh, I'd have to say that, I, I hate to say it, that, that the biggest lesson learned on the Cleveland Browns is that they're still the Cleveland Browns. And as a kid who grew up in Cleveland and, and knows that heartache, there's still a lot of heartache, but I will say this. I am so impressed with the fortitude, the toughness, uh, the way that they have persevered through their challenges with COVID in particular. I know that we haven't seen the results that we as fans have wanted to see, but where we are today compared to where we were two years ago, three years ago, I think we're moving in the right direction. And as always, I'm eternally optimistic about what we have to come in the future. Well, unfortunately, I, you know, my response to the uh, lesson on the Browns is going to talk to results, Brian. Uh, you know, hope might no longer spring eternal for me. I think uh, we as a city are, are possibly no longer willing to say it's a building year or there's next year. I, for me, it's, I'm just a little depressed about the, the results this year at high expectations. All right, let's close this out, Brian. Uh, you know, I asked you last year about books and podcasts. Um, Anything you want to uh, share with us in terms of, of that category or uh, any documentaries, anything that you think is, uh, is worth sharing? So I, I don't actually have a recent documentary. Um, I can't say that I've been doing a lot of personal reading. As you know, I just finished my, my neurosurgical boards review and, and completion of my oral boards. But I will say this past weekend, I had a chance to watch the new Disney movie Encanto, and it was fantastic. The music of that movie has been playing in our house literally on repeat on the Sonos system for the last five days, and I can't get them out of my head, but uh, you know, it's just, it's an incredible story. The, the quality of the music and the quality of the production is, is incredible. So highly recommend it. Um, definitely get out there and listen to it or watch it. And, uh, and I will say on the podcast side, as always, um, you know, I, the daily from the New York Times I start my morning every morning to get caught up because there's not a lot of time to keep up with the news. And it really is. A, it's a wonderful podcast. You know, it's funny you went in the direction of a, a movie to respond. Uh, mine's the same, actually. I recently watched on Netflix the, the documentary 14 Peaks. It's the, uh, it's the story of Nims Perja. He is a, uh, a Tibetan uh, climber. Um, he, he actually was, uh, he started as a Gurkha 
Uh, he then went on to become a member of the British uh, uh, Secret uh, um, Special Forces. Fascinating story of resilience and pride. And uh, uh, very briefly, this notion that there are 14 8,000 meter or higher peaks in the world, including, of course, the likes of Everest and K2. Um, the only person previously to climb all 14, uh, it took him 16 years to do so. And uh, Nims Parana put Tibet firmly on the map uh, from the perspective of climbing all 14 peaks in less than seven months. Fascinating story. Um, no longer was this a, uh, a European or Western led ex a series of expeditions with Tibetan support. This was uh, by Tibetans for Tibetans and a fascinating and compelling uh, narrative in terms of uh, what it was he achieved and uh, how he did so from the perspective of, uh, of team and, uh, and national pride. So highly recommend that. Brian, I wanna thank you. Um, I, I, I love partnering with you. I think we have a, uh, a fabulous 22 ahead of us. We know we have some headwinds from a global health perspective that we're gonna to continue to lean into, but certainly from the standpoint of continuing to give innovation life as is our role, as, our, as is our mandate, uh, I couldn't be more enthusiastic and encouraged. And uh, to all of you listening, I wish you all a wonderful, healthy and safe uh, new year and uh, hopefully a, um, a, an encouraging and resilient start to 22. Thank you. Thanks, David, I appreciate it. Happy new year, everyone.